You're listening to A Prophet, a collaboration between Sakhlain and Al-Hujja Islamic Seminary. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming our patron by donating at sakhlain.org support. Now, reports indicate that the Prophet, after he finished this prayer, he avoided Khalid in a very discreet way so that a war would not break out. The Prophet did not want to confront the pagans because he had come in a Zahram. He doesn't want to fight. He wants to go to Mecca. So the Prophet didn't want the pagans to have an excuse that Muhammad started a war with us. No. So the Prophet smoothly avoided Khalid. And the Prophet also wanted to show the Meccans that your plans always fail. You sent Khalid to stop me, I found a way to avoid Khalid. So they left in a discreet way such that Khalid didn't take notice. Especially when the night sets back then, you know, in the deserts. If you're clever, you can, you know, move from that area without the enemy knowing. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blinds the enemy too. So they left that place where Khalid was and they arrived a place called Dhat al-Hamdal. The Prophet then told his companions, who's willing to proceed forward into this mountainous area? Then the Prophet said, Allah will forgive whoever passes through this route. Abu Sa'id narrates that the Prophet said, مثل هذه الثنية الليلة كمثل الباب الذي قال الله تعالى لبني إسرائيل وَادْخُلُوا الْبَابَ سُجَّدًا وَقُولُوا حِطَّةٌ نَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ خَطَايَاكُمْ The Prophet told them tonight, this passageway, this thaniya, this mountainous passageway is like the door of Bani Israel. Where Prophet Musa told his companions, go and enter this village from the gates and say hitta. What does hitta mean? Oh Allah forgive me my sins, drop my sins. Do that, Allah will forgive you. Because the Bani Israel had committed a big sin. So Allah told them, do you want me to forgive you? Go through this, this door and enter this village, the holy land, the village. If you enter and you say, Hitta, Ya Allah, forgive us, I'll forgive you. So the Prophet is saying, tonight, this passageway is like the Bab of Hitta. Whoever from my companions goes through it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive him. Some from the companions of the Prophet say, but we fear that Quraysh will see our fires at night. The Prophet said, no, don't worry. They're not going to see you. In the morning, it is reported that the Prophet said, everyone was forgiven last night for going through this passageway, except the owner of the red camel, Al-Jamal Al-Ahmar. <laughs> so who's the owner of the red camel? There was a man who was there. It was thought that he was a companion and a Muslim, but in reality, he was not a Muslim. He mixed in with the companions of the Prophet. So his name was Sa'id ibn Zayd ibn Amr ibn Nufayl. They went to him, the owner of the red camel. They told him, come to the Prophet to ask Allah to forgive you because everyone was forgiven except you. 
Now they didn't know he was not a Muslim. They assumed he was one of the Prophet's companions. You know what he said to them? He told them, Wallah, لَإِنْ أَجِدُ ضَالَّتِي أَحَبُّ إِلَيَّ مِنْ أَنْ يَسْتَغْفِرَ لِي صَاحِبُكُمْ The owner of this camel said, I swear by God, I'd, I'd rather find my lost camel than to go to your friend and ask him to ask Allah to forgive me. My camel is more important than him for asking for my forgiveness. He's not a Muslim, he doesn't believe in the Prophet. You see how he belittled Rasulullah? He told them, my camel is more important than this man who's claiming forgiveness for me. What do you think happened to his fate? He went to search for his camel. As he was looking for the camel, his sandal caused him to slip. He fell and he died and then the wild animals came and devoured his body. This was his fate. Now to conclude tonight's class, I have one observation here to conclude with. Many sources indicate that the Prophet said whoever goes through this passageway towards Hudaybiyah, Allah will forgive them and he likened it to the door of Bani Israel of Hitta. Basically, Allah mentions the story in the Quran. In Surah Al-Baqarah, verse 58 to 59. وَإِذْ قُلْنَا ادْخُلُوا هَذِهِ الْقَرِيَةِ فَكُلُوا مِنْهَا حَيْثُ شِئْتُمْ رَغَدًا Allah commanded Bani Israel to enter that village and He told them, eat from my blessings. وَادْخُلُوا الْبَابَ سُجَّدًا And enter the gate in a state of sujood. وَقُولُوا حِطَّةٌ نَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ خَطَايَاكُمْ And say حِطَّةٌ Oh Allah forgive us. What happened when Allah commanded them? The good ones did that. Those who were really mu'mineen, believers from the Bani Israel, they entered the door and they said hatta. What about the oppressors, the unjust ones, the evil ones? You know what they did? Those evil ones, they changed the word that they had to say. Allah told them, say, Hitta, drop our sins. You know what they said? Hinta. What's Hinta with the N in, uh, mentioned? Say, Hitta is from Hat, to drop the sins. Oh Allah, forgive me. Hinta means what? Hinta, Hinta. Wheat. Wheat. What do you say to wheat in Arabic? Yeah, that's one word. Another word for it. The flower, you know. So they made fun of the word hitta and they went towards the door, walking backwards to make fun of God and His commands. This is the Bani Israel. And they said, hinta, hinta tun hamra. Hinta, wheat, wheat, wheat. They made fun because hinta sounds like hitta. And you know, Hebrews is like Arabic. They share many words. So now we conclude that when the Prophet likened the passageway to Bab Hatta, he was actually informing his companions, there will be good ones who will be forgiven, just like the good ones of Bani Israel. And there will be oppressors among his companions who will not be forgiven. There will be those who submit to the Prophet and pass the test, 
and there will be those who will fail the test. The Prophet's already informing his companions by citing the example of Hitta, because many from Bani Israel, they failed their test. Yes, brother. I mean, I don't know exactly where the passageway is. It's a mountain passageway close to Mecca. Maybe a historian can go and find the exact location. Maybe we have an idea of where that is. But it's a mountain passageway where you have to, it's like uh, a narrow passageway where you have to pass in order to reach Mecca. Maybe historians can locate exactly where this is. No, this was only applicable to that time. It's like the Bab of Hitta. I mean, if you find it in Palestine and you try to enter, it doesn't mean Allah is going to forgive you. This was a trial that they had to go through. Now, who failed the test at Hudaybiyah? We shall see that later. But briefly, who failed the test? Those companions who objected to the Prophet at Hudaybiyah, and they did not want the Prophet to accept the peace treaty with the pagans, and they did not want to come out of their ihram. They challenged the Prophet. They told him, no. We're not going to come out of our ihram, we're not going to make a peace treaty with the pagans. So, there are companions who challenged the Prophet at Hudaybiyah, just like the Bani Israel challenged Musa. So when the Prophet uses the example of Bab Hatta, it doesn't mean all of them were forgiven. In fact, all Muslims agree there were hypocrites with the Prophet at Hudaybiyah. Which famous leader of the hypocrites? Abdullah ibn Ubay. Abdullah ibn Ubay was a leading hypocrite in Medina. He was there at Hudaybiyah. All Sunnis accept that he is a hypocrite. So our question to them is, because some of them use this hadith to say, yeah, all those companions who passed through that passageway, Allah forgave them. So our question to them is, wasn't Abdullah ibn Ubay there? Did Allah forgive him or no? Answer us. They cannot say yes because they know he was a hypocrite. They will say no, there, was, there were exceptions. So we say, okay. So we also say there were a little bit more exceptions. Not every companion who went through that passageway was forgiven. We cannot use this hadith to say that all the companions who were with the Prophet there, they were forgiven. Because they have tried to use this hadith. We tell them, no, the Prophet says, Bab Hitta. And when you look at the story of Prophet Musa, many failed their test. So the Prophet's probably hinting that you guys have a big trial ahead of you. Those who submit to Allah and His Prophet, yes, they've all been forgiven. Otherwise, the hypocrites, they're not forgiven. So any, any questions about this analogy of Bab Hatta? By the way, Seer al-Halabiyya has mentioned, you know, that Ibn, uh, you know, this, this hypocrite, Abdullah ibn Ubay ibn Salul, the uh, this seerah mentions that the pagans sent him a message. They told him, you, if you like, come to Mecca and do the tawaf. We'll let you. His son came to his father and he told him, don't cause a fitna like that and expose us like that. How dare you enter Mecca and the Prophet is not allowed to do the tawaf. That's not a smart move. Because this, his son was a mu'min, was a believer. His father was a hypocrite. So he kind of realized it's not a smart move. It could backfire against him, so, so he stopped. So we do have references that this munafiq was there at Hudaybiyah. 
So if the Prophet says everyone was forgiven except the owner of the red camel, does that include him or no? What do you, what do you say? Does that include this hypocrite? That all Muslims recognized was, was a hypocrite and the leader of hypocrites? So you make an exception. Now that you've made an exception, we just enlarge that exception. And we say there were other hypocrites too, not just him. So is it clear what our response is to these hadiths and how they're used to claim that the Prophet said, all my companions who went through that passageway were forgiven. And so they try to use that hadith to say many, many companions whom we consider as oppressing the Ahlul Bayt, yeah, they were forgiven by Allah. So why do you have a problem with them when the Prophet says they're all forgiven? Is it clear what our response was? Or do you have any follow-up questions about that? <laughs> See, their claim, their claim is, the Prophet told his companions, anyone who passes through this thaniya, through this mountainous passageway, they'll be forgiven. So they will come and tell you, X companion, Y companion, they were there, right? Let's, let's mention names to make this clear. Umar and Abu Bakr were there. So they're saying Allah forgave them. So why don't you see Shias see them as people who were forgiven by Allah? Didn't the Prophet say that? We're trying to respond to that. Our response is the Prophet didn't mean anyone who literally just passes through is going to be forgiven. Why? Because if that's what he meant, what do you say about Abdullah ibn Ubay? Abdullah ibn Ubay was a hypocrite and Sunnis condemn him. They recognize he's a hypocrite. He was there too. So was he forgiven or no? He wasn't forgiven. So how do you claim that the Prophet said everyone is forgiven? Not everyone was forgiven. The mu'min, the, the believers were going to submit to the Prophet, yeah, they will be forgiven. But not everyone will be forgiven. That, that's the idea. That's the response. We'll talk about Bi'at al-Ridwan or Bi'at al-Shajara later. Secondly, the final point, let's say, let's say Allah forgave them. It means, for the sake of argument, up until that day Allah forgave them. But does it mean that in the future if they commit any sins, they're not going to be forgiven? No. There's no such guarantee that just because on that day Allah forgive you, you're going to stay forgiven for the rest of your life. Allah will give you other chances, other trials. You may pass or you may fail. So in no way is this hadith saying all my companions are righteous, are just, are good. Yeah, we don't have such an idea here.